Hey there, welcome to the What Could Go Right podcast. I am Eric Wharton, and this is our first interview. Emily and I decided to make it really easy and just talk to some of our dear friends who are on the, they're on the coast, a remote area of the coast of Costa Rica. And the audio isn't awesome, and the video gets worse as the sun sets on their side, but it is a great conversation. York and Jane are parents to four adult kids, and we get into the nitty-gritty of what it means to pull off a few dreams as husband and wife, and these two have also become masters of what we call mini-retirement. So thanks for joining us. This is part one. All right. So hey, everybody, welcome to the podcast. We're excited to have Jane and York Young on the podcast, VODcast, coming to us live from Costa Rica, right? Yes. What, what city in Costa Rica? What town? A little town called Guiones. Awesome. Okay, so you're on the coast. I, we saw earlier a little view over your shoulder of the bay, which looks gorgeous. So, okay, so we've been friends for over a decade, and you guys have been on some amazing adventures. You've gone through what Emily and I would describe as a big transformation. Um, when you met, when we met you, York, you were working as a defense contractor, um, doing laser systems, I believe, for. Um, and you were living in New Hampshire. Jane, you were running a very successful piano studio. And you guys had your four kids at home, two girls, two boys. And um, I don't know if you had them at the time, but you eventually had chickens and kind of this cool sort of like mini farm going on. And then um, since then, you've started a yoga studio in New Hampshire. Uh, you've trained and certified all kinds of yoga instructors. York, you changed careers um, and you're now teaching physics at the university level, and you both together have hiked El Camino in Spain. Um, York, you've got a book. Remind me the the working title. Yeah, so it is. It will come out this year. It is called Ridiculously Okay. Ridiculously Okay. I know, and he was kind enough to let Emily and I read some advanced manuscripts of that. So we'll ask you some questions about that. And then um, recently, Jane and, and York, you guys, you were the CEO of the yoga studio, correct, Jane? And you guys sold that studio. And we're going to ask about that. You're, all your kids have moved out. Um, you now live in the Rocky Mountains of Utah. Um, your daughters are married and you've become grandparents. And so now you're just hanging out, splitting your time between Utah and Costa Rica. And are any big highlights that I missed or did I kind of catch the main points? You got the main points and it all sounds dreamy. And I would say, and there's a lot of like other stuff in between all that that isn't so romantic. And that's what we're going to get into. <laughs> the in-between stuff. So, okay. So that's a lot. And so um, what I'd love you to do is that's been over the course of what, 10 years? Yeah. Because I would say actually one of the first things we did is we all went sailing together in the British Virgin Islands. And we knew you a little bit before then, but that's where we really got to spend some quality time together. And so a lot's happened in the past decade that we've been friends. So I'd love for you to pick out some of your favorite moments on this journey and just unpack a little bit how those moments and those transformations came to be. Do you mean just favorite moments or like most impactful moments that are not always the favorites? Do you, what, Up what, to you. Yeah, you can take your pick. I'll ask you the hard questions later <laughs> if you don't pick them for yourself. So... <laughs> So I'll, I'll go first, um, and along the lines of this discussion of just kind of transformation and how change comes about, I think all change and all 
ideas, it starts with a tiny idea, right? And then it, it slowly grows into something bigger and then it will happen or not happen. So the big change, one of the big changes we made was we moved from New Hampshire to the West. And that was a huge change because both of us are from the East Coast. We had a home that we loved and had put a lot of effort and time into making it the place that we wanted to live forever and that we wanted to have our kids come home to and our grandkids come home to. And that was really the vision that I think both of us shared for many years. And in, I think it was about seven years ago, we started to get this idea that, of moving west. And so that started this kind of opening of, oh, our life could be different than what it currently is right now. And could we just imagine and be, be open to the possibility that it, it could look different and be different? So I think that was really the beginning, at least for me, of um, being open to a big change and moving away from something that was known and that was secure and that was stable. Um, and then I would say almost the rest is history, <laughs> kind of for me from that beginning of, oh, this idea of moving west and then being with it and being open to it. And then so much followed from that. And there were other changes that happened. York had some changes as well, but that would say that was a big contribution. So just kind of saying, hey, this is the life we know and love, and maybe it could look different than it currently does. Yeah. And that came out of the blue for us. And it took some faith and courage to lean into that idea, that possibility. Yeah, kind of a fun story around that is um, when we, so we met in college out west. And when we left there, um, as we were literally driving only 20 minutes on Route 80 heading east, Jane said, promise me we will never move back here again. I didn't, I didn't, I was like, oh, I didn't realize you didn't like it so much here, but I didn't, I didn't promise. <laughs> I, I don't remember taking, you know, pinky swearing or whatever. Um, but, you know, fast forward to about the time you met us, not too, not too much time had gone by either before or after we met you about 10 years ago. And Jane said, I feel like we're gonna move west. And I about fell off my bench because I thought, wait a second, this is startling because this is coming from the same person that made me promise we would never go back there again. And what was alarming is maybe this is, uh, this is an idea from source and therefore must be uh, taken seriously <laughs> mm. or whether like it or not, it may just happen. And um, so, yeah, I think I love how Jane talked about um, we, we really did pursue a dream of building that home in Amherst, New Hampshire. Um, and I think this is just a great my reminder that life is about growth. And if you achieve a dream, watch out there. The universe might have yet another in store for you. And I don't think either of us were really that excited about moving west. We just kept feeling I call it the divine poke <laughs> and this kind of ugh, this kind of discomforting feeling that we that maybe our original plan to stay there forever and ever in happy happy land right wasn't wasn't to be so 
Well, let's go back because I feel like there was a lot that happened before you guys moved to Utah. Um, we went sailing. We had a great time. And, and then I remember sitting in a diner with you in, oh, remind me the name of the town. Is this in New Tortuga? Hampshire? This is, sorry, this is in New Hampshire, yeah. Probably Manchester. Probably Manchester, yeah. Yeah, so we're in, New Ham- we're in Manchester and we're sitting at a booth and we're, and we're talking about your yoga studio. Because you've, you've recently come full circle. You just sold your business, what, a couple weeks ago? Three weeks ago yeah. recently. So yeah, talk to us about that because you were working, you were doing two totally different things, each of you, defense contracting and running a piano studio. And talk a little bit about where this idea for a yoga studio came from and how that started to unfold. And, and like what stage of life you were at, I think as well, which I think is important. Yeah, no, that is a good question. Do you want to go first? Or I'll go first. Yeah. Um, so so basically we had two of our children had moved out and we had our sons with us and they were both in high school. So it did feel like it was a time where I had more bandwidth to devote to something outside of um, the kids in the home, which had been my, my main priority. So there was something opening up, up there in terms of just more, uh, more energy available uh, for, for me to pursue something. And then I think there was a combination of things that really got that ball, ball rolling in terms of we were really interested and passionate about yoga. We loved it. We were interested in business and starting a business. Um, and I, I know for York, he wanted to do something that was contributing at a deeper level to humanity and the world and, and that checked that box. And then there was, we felt like there was an unmet need in the area. So there were a lot of things combining to, to, to bring this idea forth and, and to have it be like, yes, this is, this is a go and we'll, we'll pursue this. Yeah. yeah. All of those things are true and sound good and romantic, but um, <laughs> I know there was somewhere in your, your hints, Eric, that you wanted to get raw and real. So, um, in part of Jane's yoga path, she had been going to retreats and trainings in Sedona. And um, again, in light of all those other things, I also will be honest and say I was starting to feel afraid that Jane was leaving or going to live a parallel life and that I was going to be in this day job and she would be living this exciting new life. and. Um, so I think that, you know, not all beautiful efforts are born pure or out of all pure starts. Um, you know, even Jesus didn't have an earthly father. So the neighbors were thinking that was a scandal, right? So, yeah. Um, uh, and so I think I, to be fair and bless Jane's heart, this is one of the reasons it's probably a celebratory moment to have sold Soul Power Yoga is that in my fear and worry, I think I put a lot of pressure on Jane to start a yoga studio so that I could be involved and be part of that, right? And be part of her life rather than feel left behind. Now, I'm not proud of that. Um, I mean, sometimes even still ashamed of that. Um, and yet, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful things came out of Soul Power Yoga. It has been an immense vessel for growth, not just for us, more for us than anybody else, but for so, so many people. So um, 
But the next endeavor won't have that dark thread of unhealthy, fear-laden spousal pressure this time. <laughs> uh, uh, and so that's one reason we're really excited. I think that's a really good um, point that you're making, though, York, and I think that happens a lot of times. That's why when we're doing the coaching with people and we kind of go through the blue sky questions where we say, like, or ask the questions to, to open up the possibilities for you as an individual, we say, don't think about what it is that your spouse wants. Don't think about what your kids wants. Don't think about, you know, maybe what your religious community you think they want of you, you know, just like setting all of that aside so that you can come to the table with your honest desires that haven't been colored. And it, I know even with us, cause when you have a desire that you think might create distance between you and your spouse, um, or like you said, you, that you're like, I want to do this just so I can be close to you, which you know, can, can seem noble, but you, you know yourself the best, but I know we even had a conversation recently where Eric was like, well, I didn't really know how to say this because if I take this path, that's like, you can't go there. And I'm like, that's fine. We don't have to go all the same places all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, I see. And, you know, as I look back, it, it was somewhat controlling, you know, a lot of not nice things, things you don't want spouses to do. And I, I was doing some of that. I, I think it's maybe maybe a great moment to say too. I think one of the greatest motivations for transformation, or let's just be real and just call it just change, right? Mm -hmm. uh, one of the greatest motivations for change, and this was certainly true for me in the last eight to ten years, is um, suffering. You know, just feeling unhappy and um, that the happy-go-lucky path and methods and approaches and everything that had worked so well to build a beautiful life for decades and decades that had worked very wonderfully, just suddenly was not landing anymore. And um, we were on vacation on the West Coast of Mexico and, and Jane was really graceful. She's like, it's, a, it's okay. I said, like, I just, I should be happy and I'm not. And she's like, it's okay. Just listen to that, let that percolate. You know, this is kind of the big, we'd been doing yoga for four or five years and just dialing into being courageous enough to listen to your feelings and really let them speak um, is what I think holds us, a lot of us back from, from making important changes um, if it's not the exterior fears of, of the peer thing around us too. Well, I think going back to what you were saying earlier, or your earlier York, is that um, you tapped into something where you're saying, Jane, you're saying, hey, I've got some bandwidth. Kids are starting to leave the house. Um, you know, my load is kind of easing up and your lives are starting to, you know, kind of like turn, turn more par parallel rather than being unified. And um, we, had a we had a conversation recently with, um, with um, w one of our colleagues and he was telling us that one of the three main reasons that people get divorced is one, you know, they fight over money. Two, there's a death of a child. And three is the kids move out because over the years, you just sort of lose track of each other. We, we all tend to as we're busy in the years of raising kids. And, and it's very easy to slip into this kind of parallel life. And, and I think in some ways it, it was um, you might have done something very wise to say, you know, hey, um, we recognize that we're coming to this intersection where our kids are going to be leaving and we don't have as much in common as we used to. And so 
how can we create something that will give us some common ground and some reasons to really dig in and work together and go through something together. And, and you might say that that's sort of a dark thread, but I also think it might be, um, you know, showing a lot of foresight. I agree. Cause it did just that, <laughs> you know, we did, um, we did have to work together and we did for the first time, I think have to really learn to work together. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Eyes and listen to each other. Yeah, and not overstep bounds and roles and responsibilities in a different capacity than just raising children. Yeah, it, it challenged us on a whole new mm -hmm. level. Where, where did you find yourselves getting tripped up? Where did you, you know, where were because you said, you know, you worked through some things, but where were those tension points that kind of like brought, like, hey, this is, we're not good at this and you've gotten good at it, but like, what, can you share an example of that? Yeah, was it like role clarity or, yeah, what kind of things? I mean, just jealousy for me, right? So I can, you know, pressure on Jane, let's do this. And then I still have a day job. And so she's thinking, you know, it was, it was horrible, actually. <laughs> so, so she's thinking, she, she's thinking, I didn't really want to do this. I just, I didn't want the stress of running a yoga studio. I just wanted to teach yoga as a teacher, right? And then I'm, and I'm at work thinking I'm stuck in this boring day job that's, that's not helping people be, live happier lives. And Jane's getting to do all this, you know, interaction with the clients and right. And so I was, I was jealous. And so I was always kind of, you know, coming home and working on it in the evening and working on stuff that wasn't necessarily clearly defined yet, but that she was thinking probably was hers and probably should have been hers. Right. And, um, and I was working, I, I'm already a person that can work too much. Jane can, can attest to that. And so I was, you know, every waking moment I was working on this part and that part and this part and trying to stay relevant and engaged. It was, it was horrible. And Jane began to see soul power yoga as my mistress. Right? Mm. So not only had I horribly kind of pushed this job on her that she didn't necessarily want or worse, a CEO role, right? But then I was always you know, trying to take it when I could, or wasn't just taking time to go on walks and talk. And so it was, it was really bad for, for a while, probably a year, two years. year and a half to two. Um, yeah. well, I mean, we did talk and we did have like, Hey, we got to define this. We got to stop. You, you can't keep doing this. I mean, a lot of tears, a lot of crying, a lot of talking, um, and a lot of growing, right? A lot of growing. We were both exploding expanding individually um i love this phrase that we, we counseled we chose a wise counselor in a religious leader named david holland he said something he really recognized a handful of things so york's going through this personal revolution great and all the kids are leaving the nest so jane is probably feeling pretty darn abandoned if not freaked out by who's this guy i married he's changing really fast and so he really pointed that out and pointed out to me, like, York, you got to be careful. Um, he had counsel for Jane, too. But one of the things he said that was really beautiful was it's going to take time for the language to catch up with the growth in your relationship. Meaning the way of talking about it or talking to each other. Yeah. And even understanding and, like, and expressing it. it. Yeah. Even That's understanding, it. like, it would have been so helpful if I could have said to Jane in that time, I'm jealous of your roles in soul power yoga 
because it's my baby too, you know, and that my baby too came up all the time. <laughs> um, and I think, and if, if you want to use this as a segue, this is where uh, El Camino was beautifully wonderful, right? And still crazy difficult. I, I do actually, because you wrote a book called and, and Ridiculously Ridic- Okay. Ridiculously Okay. And, and, and we had the opportunity to read it. And that's where, you know, you first shared some of these, these struggles. And I remember, I remember one of the great scenes from that, like something about you, had, you thought you were going to stop somewhere for the night and it turned out that you couldn't stop there. And, and I, I laughed out loud when you said, and Jane just kept walking on the road, giving me the, the, like the one finger the one salute. salute. I remember that too. Such a great line. <laughs> it's everyone's favorite part. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Jane. We just, I just loved how candid you were. And you're like, look, I'm that mad. I'm pissed off. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that that's great. Yeah, I'm too yeah. tired to talk. But yeah, it was like you couldn't exactly. step away from the wrestle. Yeah, no, we had to go an extra one and a half miles to get the other side of town. And so oh. I'm like, I mean, our feet are throbbing. I had been a little nauseous earlier in the day. And I'm trying to <laughs> dig deep and just be peppy. And I say something positive. And she was just like. And she's like, I am not having that. You are not going to cheer me up. Chipper. Oh, uh-uh, baby. I, I'm going to own my emotions. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you know, talk to us a little bit about how that experience played into your transfer. Because now you're sort of in the middle years of owning Soul Power Yoga. Is that right? Yeah. 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 And you're and you're able to you have it up and running well enough that you're able to step away. Other people are able to run the classes. You're able to cross the Atlantic Ocean, and you can just be gone for a few weeks. And the business takes care of itself, and you're able to have some time together doing something pretty pretty focused and turns out to be pretty illuminating. So, so yeah. Jane, I'd love to hear from you some of your main takeaways from this experience. Great. And I also want to add that that wouldn't have happened if so many other things hadn't happened before that. Okay. Um, I mean, in terms of just deciding to pull our roots from New Hampshire to, to take the step to open a business to working on our relationships like that because that took some courage too, to to go and try and hike 500 miles in you know 20, 25 days 25 days <laughs> yeah like, which is kind of outside of our scope of possibility five years before that we just didn't think we were that type of people <laughs> that mm-hmm. would do that, do that so i think the cool thing is is that these these choices that again took courage to to make and to fulfill on opened up the possibility of how we saw our lives, how we saw our lives together and what we saw we could do. So that, that all happened before we got on the plane. Just that you'd open yourself up to the possibilities and you're like, Hey, we're the kind of people that can do this sort of thing. So at least try. we're going to at least try, we're going to attempt it. Yeah. And I always say, and I always say this to York often, it's like, it's one thing to talk about doing something. And then it's an entirely other thing, another thing to actually do it. And the doing of it is very hard and it's not glamorous and it's not romantic. And I know you guys know all about that. Mm-hmm. There's like, there's a lot of just grind mm. in the actual doing and fulfilling your dreams. Yeah. Well, we remember going to your yoga studio when it was just a shell, mm-hmm. nothing had been built out. And then coming back when it was beautiful, beautiful, and doing yoga with you there, and then you know having done a fair bit of camping and hiking ourselves, knowing that 500 miles is no joke. 
No joke. So that's a serious. No, I mean, ours is usually rock climbing and, and Eric will pick a route and he'll get the rope fixed at the top because he's a much better climber than me. And I'll look and I'll be like, oh, it looks great. Like, looks like there's a ton of holds, places to put my hands and feet. And this is going to be really fun. And then as soon as I'm in the harness and I'm actually the one who's climbing, I'm like, I I can't see anywhere. I can't move. You know, so I know I know that feeling. I can't imagine doing it all day, every day. That's a point where it's one thing to say, yeah, I rock climb. And it's an entirely other thing to actually do it and to face the fear and to like manage the physical challenge of it and the mental challenge of it. It's like a whole different world. Mm, yeah. Like surfing is another good analogy, right? But like I have spent most of my time surfing just trying to get out past breakers that, you know, basically feed me my head, right? Like that send you sprawling yard sale every which way, water up your nose, like, and then you're just exhausted trying to get out. And, you know, you'll do, I, there are times when the I'm a little bit, the waves are a little bit above my level, but this is my moment, this is my chance. And so it's like, I'll spend, you know, an hour and 15 minutes for maybe two good rides. And I call myself a surfer, but the answer is yes because that's what surfing is right that's the grind that's the that's the pain that's the agony but it's not trivial i don't know you guys um what's your favorite quote about surfing emily that you heard oh if you want to be a surfer you have to love paddling that's what i heard (laughs) early on and i was like i can do that part (laughs) yeah Yeah, we only we only see the clips of you know the five percent or two percent of the time when they're actually when surfers are up on their board want to surf you have to be okay with water up your nose water up your nose you've got to be you've okay got with to that love the taste of salt <laughs> and you've got to you got to like bruises and, yeah. and it's like it's like if you want to live on a sailboat you got to be okay getting seasick every now and then and yeah. I, yeah i really think with the surfing you know how cool do i feel when i do get handed my board back by a wave and 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 like i get a bruise from the fins yeah. on because it ran over me or something i'm like Yes, because I was going for it. (laughs) Hardcore, Emily. I'm always like so proud of myself that I, you know, have these bruises and scrapes from my surf attempts. Yeah, no, it's just a lot out there. I think it's really... Do you want to go back to El Camino? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, talk about, let's talk about El Camino. So you... That's the question again. Just, you, you know, how did that, you're in the middle of owning a business, you've been, you know, kind of colliding as husband and wife after years of sort of not not divergent paths, but just not really involved in each other's lives in the way that you might have wanted to be. And now you're in the thick of running a business together and you say, we can't, we see ourselves as the kind of people that can break away. First of all, we've got our business to the point where we can step away and it'll run itself and we can go do this thing that we probably never would have seen ourselves doing before. Now we're going to go do a 500 mile pilgrimage across Northern Spain and and, and what came out of that. We'll leave it there for now. We'll pick it up and take it to the conclusion on the next episode. So be sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss out on next week's episode and future episodes as they come out because we're gonna get into the thick of really being honest with each other as we work on big dreams as husband and wife. So look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thanks.